we're just so glad to have you joining us today, and we hope that you feel welcome, and we hope that you feel right at home. We also want to welcome um, those of you that are listening in through Spanish translation. Uh, Estamos muy contentos de que estás aquí. We are so glad that you are with us today. And so um, my husband, Pastor Sean, he is out today. He came to early service and had to leave um, for second service because he is with some of our um, very best friends and ministry partners, um, Tramel and Tangi Orr, um, as they are launching their brand new church plant, Undefeated Church in Euless this morning. And so the Grace Place is, is partnering with them in prayer and finances this year and um, as they're getting started. So Sean is super excited to get to go and support his friend and be with them today, but he sends his love and he misses you and he'll be back uh, in the house next Sunday. And so um, before we get into the the message, I do have one quick announcement um, that I want to share this morning. Next week, we are going to be beginning our Global Impact Series. Now, if you have been around the Grace Place for very long at all, you know that we are a missions-giving and a missions sending church. Amen. Amen. It is our desire to help the good news of the gospel to reach every part of the world. And so every year we set aside some time to focus on why we believe in missions and and we share opportunities for how you uh, can be a part of our missions endeavors. And so um, we want to make sure to give you plenty of time to prepare and to pray and to plan um, for what God might be asking of you in regards to missions uh, this year. And so for the next two weeks, um, we are going to be having global impact, and we're going to be focusing on missions. And, and so on Sunday, March the 3rd, we're going to be asking two things from you. Uh, the first thing we're going to be asking is for a one-time generous missions offering. And this offering is going to go to take care of the expenses of our missionary speakers that we are bringing in to share with you. And it's also um, going to go to fund some special missions projects that we will be presenting presenting to you during the next couple of weeks. And so, you know, last year during our global impact, boy, we just, we stretched and we pushed so hard and we were actually able to, in one offering, to raise $30,000 for missions in that one-time offering. And, and it was incredible. It was the biggest um, amount we had ever given in one, uh, one offering. And so I am believing that we can do that again this year. How many of you will believe with me, yeah, that we can do that again this year? And um, Um, My husband and I are going to be planting and putting the first seed into that offering, and we are just believing for God to do um, great things in our missions endeavors this year. The second thing we're going to be asking of you, aside from that offering, is we're going to be asking for you um, to make a faith promise. And and a faith promise is just, uh, basically, you're going to ask the Lord, what would he have you to give to missions over this next year? And then as the Lord provides that amount, and as he provides the finances, then you are making a faith promise that you will give that to God and see what he can do um, with that money and how he can spread his word throughout 
throughout the world. Amen. You know, my dad used to always say that giving to missions is the best insurance policy a church can ever have. And I believe that to be true as well. We believe that as we are partnering with God in his work all around the world, that he's going to take care of all of our needs right here at the Grace Place as well. Amen. So we're excited about Global Impact. It's the next two weeks. Make sure, um, plan to be here. We know that God is going to speak and he's going to inspire and challenge you. And it's going to be a great, great time. Well, let's dive into the word this morning. For the past couple of weeks, we have been in a series called Icons. Somebody say Icons. What is an icon? An icon is just a symbol or a representation of someone or something. And so in this series, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit and and the different symbols or icons that are used in Scripture to help us understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he is like. And, you know, there are many different icons or symbols in the Bible um, that represent the Holy Spirit and his work. And the first week we talked about the symbol of the dove. And then last week, uh, Pastor Sean spoke about the symbol of fire. And today we are going to be talking about the symbol of oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand that many people have some very different responses and reactions when they hear that we're talking about the Holy Spirit, right? Like, depending on how you grew up or, or maybe what your church background is, it may affect um, how you feel about the Holy Spirit or, or how comfortable that you are with him. And, and so this morning, I want to take some time and, and look in uh, our text and in the scripture to see what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and, and how Jesus felt about him. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn today. We're going to look um, in the book of John chapter 14. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. We're going to have it up on the screen so you can follow along. It's going to be John chapter 14, and we're going to be reading verses 16 and 17. In this scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and and this is what he says. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Um, I want to read one more uh, verse, and so if you flip over a couple pages, we're going to go to John chapter 16 and read verse 7. This is again Jesus speaking, and he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You see, Jesus tells the disciples that they don't need to fear the Holy Spirit. They actually say, he actually says that, that the Holy Spirit is their helper. He, he says it's to their advantage. It's better that he doesn't stay here on earth because if he goes away, he's going to send someone who will not only be with them, but he will be inside of them. Someone who will be with them forever. You know, I heard... A pastor once referred to the Holy Spirit as our greatest advantage. 
our greatest advantage. That just, that stuck with me when I heard him say that because he truly is our greatest advantage. Do I have any video gamers in the house? Anybody enjoy video games? You like to game? Well, I'm not much of a video gamer, but I do remember as a kid back in the olden days, um, I would play the old school Nintendo games, right? Anyone remember the old school Nintendo games? And, and, and the cool thing about these games is, is they would have these cheat codes, okay? It was like it, this cheat code that you could dial in and it would give you um, extra lives or it would give you superpowers in the game. Anybody remember the cheat code? Like you can probably remember it right now, like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, boom, and you're in. You, you all of a sudden use that crazy code and it gives you an advantage to the game. Well, that's what I think the Holy Spirit is like for us. You see, he is the cheat code, so to speak. And and if we learn to walk with him, and if we listen to him, and if we let him move in our life, he will give us the greatest advantage. And, And he will help us to win in this game of life. Now, let me tell you something else this morning. If I were the devil, I'm not, but if I were, if I were your enemy, I would do everything I could to keep you away from Jesus before receiving salvation. I would throw everything at you that I possibly could to keep you from believing in Jesus and being saved. But if I failed... And if you still came to Jesus and you were saved after salvation, my biggest tactic would be to try and keep you away from the Holy Spirit. I would want to make you fearful of the Holy Spirit. I would want to make you skeptical of the Holy Spirit. I would want to make you oblivious to the Holy Spirit. And and here's why. It's in your notes this morning. Because when a child of God steps into partnership with the Holy Spirit, impossible things immediately become possible. When we begin to partner with the Holy Spirit, impossible things become possible. When we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move and to flow and to work in our lives, we will have the greatest advantage. Amen? So this morning, I want to talk about the oil and and how in Scripture, many times, oil represents the Holy Spirit and his work. So the first thing I want us to see is that, number one, oil is used to consecrate. Oil is used to consecrate. Now, now what does this word consecrate mean? It, It just means to be set apart or to make holy, to be chosen for a purpose. And so let's look at some scriptures um, where oil was used to consecrate something or someone. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 1, and we'll read it together this morning. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. 
Now, a lot of you probably know the story where, you know, God tells Samuel to go and go to Jesse's house and, and I'm going to choose one of his sons to be the king, right? And so, so Jesse brings out, you know, originally he's like, oh, it must be the oldest. So here you go. Bring the oldest. No, that's not the one God picked. Oh, bring the, the strongest. No, that's not the one. You know, maybe the smartest, the best looking. He goes through all this list of all the sons and none of them are the ones that God picked. And finally, Samuel looks at Jesse. He's like, you got anything else, bro? Like something. And Jesse's like, well, I mean, I have one more son. He's a little stinky right now. He's been out with the sheep, but I guess we'll, we can bring him in. And so they bring David in. And so we're going to skip down to verse 13 in that same chapter. And, and this is what it says. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So see, we see here how oil is used to consecrate, right? To, to, to set apart, to, to call out from among. Um, let's look at another uh, scripture where oil is used. Exodus chapter 29, verse uh, 21. It says, then take some of the blood from the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his sons and on their garments. In this way, they and their garments will be set apart as holy. You see, in the Old Testament, they used to anoint people with oil in order to signify that they were set apart, that they were chosen by God to do his work. So kings and priests and prophets were all set apart and chosen by being anointed with oil. Something that I notice about the oil is that the oil changed their identity. The oil changed their identity. You see, before the oil, David was just a shepherd boy with a little slingshot, right? And before the oil, Aaron was just Moses' sidekick. But after the oil, David was the future king of Israel. And after the oil, Aaron was a priest appointed by God to do the work of the ministry. You see, the oil changed them. Oil stains you, right? Anybody ever get an oil stain on your clothes? Like they are the worst. They do not come out. If you have a trick, come and let me know because I mean, it's the most frustrating thing. It doesn't come out. They stick, they mark you. The oil marks you. And the priests of the Old Testament were marked by the oil. You know, you could tell that someone was a priest because they carried the scent of the oil. And you didn't have to ask someone if they were a priest. All you had to do was just get close enough and you would smell it. The fragrance, the aroma of the oil. And, and there were a lot of scents and perfumes um, back in the day, just like there are today. But there was only one anointing oil. And it was made with special spices and, and it was made to be distinct so that you could recognize the scent and the aroma of the anointing oil. You see, you could tell someone who was a priest because they carried the scent of the oil. In the Old Testament, the oil was a symbol of things or people being consecrated or set apart for God's work. But I want you to notice this morning that we too have been anointed and set apart by the oil of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at 1 John 
chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 20 in the Amplified Version this morning. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. You see, just like the prophets and the priests and the kings were anointed in the Old Testament to serve God's purposes, today the anointing provided by the Holy Spirit gives believers the ability to do what we were created to do for his glory. The priests and the prophets were anointed by the oil, but today we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit to do what we were created to do. You know, you may not be called to be a king, but we are all called to lead, right? Whether it's in our homes or our families or our schools or our workplace. You may not be called to be a prophet, but we are all called to proclaim the good news of Jesus to those who are lost around us. You know what? You may not be called to be a priest, but we are all called to minister to the Lord and to his people. And so we need to be saturated in the oil of the Holy Spirit so that we can be consecrated and set apart and empowered to live out his purposes for our lives. My question This morning to you is this, just like the priests of the Old Testament were identified by the smell of the oil, does your life carry the scent of the oil? Can people recognize the fragrance of the Holy Spirit on your life? Think about that today. Can people recognize the fragrance of the Holy Spirit on your life? So the first thing we see is that oil was used to consecrate. The second thing I see in scripture is number two, oil is used to illuminate, to illuminate. You know, the definition of illuminate is to make visible or bright by shining a light on it. And so let's take a look in scripture where oil was used to illuminate. Exodus 27 verse 20 says, command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually. You know, in Bible times, obviously they didn't have power or electricity like we do today. And so they would use oil to fuel their lamps so that they could have light. How many of you know darkness can be kind of scary, right? Anybody afraid of the dark? It's okay. We won't judge you if you are. It's all right. Or or maybe if you're not afraid of the dark, I think we could all um, probably agree to the fact that the dark can be confusing, right? And and, and it can even be dangerous sometimes. And so so I I don't know if you're like me, but but sometimes I, I have to go to the restroom in the middle of the night. And, you know, I have to get up and it's really dark and I don't want to turn on the lights because I don't want to wake anybody else up. And so, so it's dark and, you know, you're kind of just doing that like shuffle, the dark shuffle where you're, you're trying to touch things around you. You're just going really slow, trying to avoid running into anything or, or tripping over somebody's shoes, right? And you finally get to the restroom and you're like, yes, I made it. And then you realize like you have to make that long treacherous walk back to bed after you're done, right? It's just, it's crazy. It's dark. And and in the darkness, it can be scary. It can be dangerous. It can be confusing. And it kind of puts you off balance. 
And that's why they needed oil for their lamps, so that it could illuminate the darkness, so that they could see clearly where they were going. And that's exactly what the oil of the Holy Spirit does for us as well. It's like the Holy Spirit comes and just flips on the light for us to understand and and to illuminate the truth and help us to understand God's word and his will. So let's look at some scriptures that show us um, how the Holy Spirit illuminates. John chapter 16 verse 13 says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. In 1 John 2 verse 27, it says, But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in the fellowship with Christ. I love this next verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. It says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. The Holy Spirit illuminates the truth in our life. I love the quote from Warren Wearsby, it says, illumination is the work of the Holy Spirit. We must depend on him to teach us new truths and to remind us of the truths we may have forgotten. Scripture, John 14, 26, basically says the same thing when it says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit, the oil, it illuminates the word of God for us. And it enables us to understand and to apply it. We can't do it on our own. We need the Spirit. He is our helper. He is our advocate. He is our teacher. And we've, got to, we've just got to lean into him. And we've got to tune ourselves to his voice so that he can light our way. I heard a story one time about a seminary professor who was visiting the Holy Land in in Israel. And this man uh, met someone who claimed to have memorized the entire Old Testament in Hebrew. Pretty impressive, right? Like, that's pretty incredible. So needless to say, the astonished professor asked for a demonstration. And so, so the, the guy says, well, sure, I'll demonstrate. Where would you like me to begin? And, and the professor who, who just loved the, the Psalms and was an avid um, student of the Psalms, he said, why don't you just start with Psalm 1? So for two hours, the man effortlessly and flawlessly recited the Psalms from memory as the professor sat in stunned silence. When the demonstration was over, the professor discovered something even more astonishing about the man was that he was an atheist. He didn't even believe in God. You see, he was a man who intellectually could go through the scriptures 
But without the Spirit's illumination, the Scriptures never once went through him. You see, because of the Holy Spirit's illumination, not only can we go through the Scriptures, but the Scriptures can go through us. I've had people come to me many times, and, and I've even felt this way myself, and, and they tell me, you know what, I'm, just, I'm not smart enough to read the Bible. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And here's the thing. You're right. We aren't smart enough. We aren't. In our mind and in our strength, we cannot understand it. But when we pray and we invite the Holy Spirit to help us, when we stop trying to see through our physical eyes and we allow the Spirit to open our spiritual eyes, we will begin to see and understand things that we have never seen or understood before. That the Holy Spirit will just come and flip on that light switch and and you won't be trying to feel your way around through the dark anymore because the truth will be made known to you. When we understand the advantage that we have through the Holy Spirit, we can approach our study of God's word with joy and eagerness, knowing that if we ask him, if we ask him, the Holy Spirit will illuminate our hearts to comprehend and embrace and apply the truth of what we're studying. My question to you is this, are you taking advantage of the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit? Like, when was the last time that you asked the Holy Spirit to illuminate the word of God for you so that you could understand it and apply it to your life? If you haven't been doing this, I just want to challenge you to begin to make that a practice. Don't just read the word, but before you read it, Ask for the Holy Spirit's help. Ask him to help you not only get through the word, but that the word would get through you. At this time, I want to invite anyone who's getting baptized today. You can make your way to the back and start to get prepared. So we've talked about how oil consecrates. We've talked about how it illuminates. And then number three this morning... Oil is used to alleviate pain and sickness. Alleviate. You know, I had to get a little creative with my eight words this morning because I wanted to make sure they all... You want your outline to look pretty, right? I mean, if you're as a speaker, that's what you're thinking. And so, so sometimes you have to get a little creative. But what I'm trying to say here is that in ancient days, they would use oil as a medicine to alleviate pain or, or to avoid infections. And, and they would rub it on to soothe skin conditions and, and heal scrapes and cuts. You see, oil was used for healing. And I believe that the oil of the Holy Spirit is still an agent of healing today. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Man, that same Spirit that anointed Jesus. That same spirit has also anointed us. He he actually lives inside of us as believers. In Romans 8 uh, verse 11, it says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And 
just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. If the Holy Spirit has the power to raise from the dead, and I believe that he has the power to heal you today as well. Whether you need healing in your physical body or, or healing in your mind, or, or maybe you need spiritual or emotional healing, the oil of the Holy Spirit has the power to heal. He is our healer. So what does the oil do? It consecrates. It sets us apart and marks us to do the work that God has purposed for us. What does the oil do? It it illuminates. It shows us the truth of God's word and it helps us to understand and to apply it. And it alleviates. It is an agent of healing in our life, whether it's healing physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Before we close, I I want to just mention one more thing that I noticed when I was studying about the oil this week. In Bible times, oil was absolutely essential. It it was essential. It had so many uses. They they used it in food, and and then they also used it as a moisturizer for skin and for hair, and and it was used as a medicine, and and it was used for fuel, for lamps, and, and it was even stored as a commodity and traded as currency. They treated it like money. It was essential for every part of their lives. They could not live without it. They couldn't live without it. Church, can I tell you that just as the physical oil was essential to the people of that time, the spiritual oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit is essential to us today. We need him. We need him. You know, it's like that meme that you might have seen uh, on social media. It says, uh, people ask me, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And I respond, bruh, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Like, right? I'm being funny, but it's so true. It's so true. We can't live an overcoming victorious life without the Holy Spirit. We can't fulfill our God-given purposes without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We can't read and understand the scripture without the Holy Spirit opening our spiritual eyes. You see, we will walk around broken and sick and defeated if not for the power of the Holy Spirit healing and mending and empowering our lives. You know, just like they rubbed oil on people's head to anoint them for their purpose, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it represents the very nature of God being rubbed into us that we might be empowered to live on mission with him. The anointing is essential. The the Holy Spirit is essential. And here's the good news this morning is that we have him. We have him. If you are a believer today, you have him. 
In the old covenant, the anointing was considered to be on a person and it was represented by the oil. But now in the new covenant, the anointing is in us as believers because the source of the anointing lives inside of us. We have him. He is our greatest advantage. He's our greatest advantage. My last question for you this morning is this. Are we taking advantage of our greatest advantage? Are we acknowledging him and spending time with him and giving access to him for for all the parts of our heart and all the parts of our life? Or, Or just to sum it up in one question, it would be, are you partnering with the Holy Spirit? 